0: Well, we're now gonna uh, spend um, a couple of minutes reciting the Nicene Creed together as we continue our preaching series. So can I encourage you to really engage with this in your your living rooms, to not just see it as words that appear on a screen, but to really delight in the truths that we are confessing together. So let's roll the video and let's all confess these truths together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, for all that is, seen and unseen.
1: We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father.
0: We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Right. Well, in a second, Wouter is going to uh, preach and teach on the next section of our series called We Believe on the Nicene Creed. And I'm really excited today that Wouter's talking Um, about this if you if you know Wouter at all you will know that he is passionate about experiencing and knowing more of the presence of God in our lives and I think that's something I really love about him and so it's a real privilege uh, to be able to have Wouter preaching to us on the section of the creed on the Holy Spirit and I trust and I'm convinced that God is going to use him it's a blessing to be able to serve alongside you Wouter, and I pray and expect that God will use you mightily Uh, today and that he will do a great work in us so let's welcome Wouter as he shares God's words
1: thank you so much Dan for your kind words well we'll dive straight in it was one of my very first and uh, one of many mistakes still to come as a young dad. Uh, we were trying to figure out how to do life and uh, it was Mike's birthday, uh, one of her first ones. And uh, we bought her a gift, a wonderful little animal sound keyboard. And it had all sorts of nice buttons on it, a little uh, dog head and a little sheep and a little cow. And uh, we were about to give it to her on her birthday, and uh, when we'd given it to her, we realized that we have forgotten to put in batteries. Now, can you imagine the anticlimax when you get a wonderful gift like that? You can't wait to get onto it. And then no sounds coming out. Like you're pressing the buttons, you're trying to do the keys, but no power whatsoever coming through. So uh, quickly got out the screwdriver and putting in the batteries and finally we could get on uh, with stuff. And um, uh, I can remember that incident very well. And it's not unlike the Christian life. You see, we have been given this new life we talked about over the last few uh, uh, weeks being a new man in Christ, a new nature. We've been given all these fancy gifts in one go. But the reality is that that gift is there. But it still needs to be filled with power and this is what we're going to be talking about today the power that god wants to give us is the power of the holy spirit and we've just been reciting the creed and we've been reciting the section where it says we believe in the holy spirit the lord the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son who with the father and the son is worshipped and glorified who has spoken through the prophets now Jesus, when he ascended on high, we have looked at that last week, said to his disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait for the spirit to come and clothe you with power from on high. And uh, it's quite a remarkable thing, isn't it? They've seen Jesus rising from the dead and, and uh, they, they're about to go and be sent into Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and, uh, and, and, and all the earth. But Jesus says the first thing you must do is wait. It's so counterintuitive, isn't it? You think, let's get on with it. There's thousands of people in the city right at this moment in time. We need to get the, the gospel, the message of Jesus out. And Jesus says, no, wait, wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. Now, my question for you today is, is your Christian life filled with power? Are you filled with power? Are your days charged with empowered living? Uh, do you live Uh, An empowered holy life, one of joy, one of um, uh, prayer, one of hope, one of peace and one of the presence of God. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit like the disciples were at Pentecost? Or is your life some way lacking? Now, I remember growing up in the Brethren Church church. We were taught amazingly well. Every Sunday scripture was opened. We sang songs, we worshipped together. Some very godly people who shaped my life from an early age, which I'm incredibly grateful. But something really was missing. It was power. There was no power. There were no healings. There were no prophetic words. There were no miraculous happenings. It was a wonderful gospel, but not one of power. And uh, Paul said that when he came to speak about the gospel, that he didn't just come and speak with wise words, but with power. And it wasn't until I was 18 and uh, did the Alpha course and was filled with the Holy Spirit that I experienced that power for myself. Now, I had much stored up in my life before that, which I'm incredibly grateful, but it wasn't until the match of the Holy Spirit came that it really said Ablaze, and that changed everything. Now I, I can remember before that something was missing. I remember that I longed for something more, something of the power of God in my life. Now we can read in scripture um, that there are other believers who lacked power. We can see, for example, in Acts 19 verse 2, if you've got a Bible, that Paul meets some people, the people in Ephesus, 12 disciples it talks about. And uh, he meets them. He's excited to meet some Jesus followers. But uh, something's off. Something's not quite right. There is there is power lacking. And he asks them uh, Acts 19 verse 2, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I mean, Paul thinks something's off um, something needs to be done. But um, he, 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 he works out that something's wrong. And immediately he thinks about the power of the Holy Spirit. And what we can see happening there is that um, they, they, they'd received the first half. They turned away. They repented. They turned to Jesus. They heard the gospel. But they hadn't received the second part, power. That's what Jesus said to the disciples. You must go to Jerusalem and be clothed with power. Now, they, the disciples already had the first half. These guys already had the first half, but there was something more to come. And this is what Jesus has for all of us. You see, the work of the Holy Spirit is twofold. First of all, he leads us to salvation. There's none of us here that has accepted Jesus Christ in their heart that could say that they've done so on their own accord. That is the working of the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, there is no chance on earth that you could do that by your own accord you need the Holy Spirit to lead you to conviction and to Jesus but after that you also need the infilling of the Holy Spirit so we can see first the saving work of the spirit and then we can see the infilling of the Holy Spirit and this is what Jesus talked to his disciples about so um, he said that they were to ask the father for the Holy Spirit it says in Luke 11 verse 13 he says How much more would your father in heaven give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? But it's not automatic. It's something that we must ask God for. It's not something that just happens. It's not something that you'll just receive. Otherwise, Paul would have never said, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? I mean, some people say, well, they they didn't do the baptism thing right. So uh, that's why Paul rebaptized them and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't think that's the case, my friends, because it it says in acts 19 verse 5 it says on hearing this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus and and how does it follow does it say and now paul told them now you have the the holy spirit so therefore get on with stuff no it says and then paul placed his hands on them and the holy spirit came on them so they were baptized they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Paul lays his hands on them, prays for them, and then they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There was a laying on of hands and there was something that happened in that moment that was powerful. It was significant. It was noticeable. Something changed in them. They they went from from, uh, something's off to these guys got it. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the same for us. And I remember the day that, I was prayed for, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't really know what to expect. And actually, I was a little bit fearful. I didn't quite know what what was gonna happen. And um, I remember being prayed, all sorts of things happen around me. Uh, some people start to fall over or laugh or cry, and um, none of that happened to me. But. I can remember as I I was being prayed for, I saw a very, very clear image of Jesus riding uh, on on the clouds uh, with a magnificent army and calling me to come and join him. And I remember it so vividly. It was nothing that I could made up. It was very clear. And from that day, I said, yes, and and everything's changed. Now, uh, it didn't quite happen in that moment with with lots of loud bangs and noise i think for some people it does and that's great um but something tangibly happened in that moment and i can look back and it's completely changed my life now i wonder what would have happened to the disciples if they'd gotten on with the job without waiting for the holy spirit to come they thought well we've got what jesus is risen we've got the news what more do we need let's get on with it what if Peter, I mean, the loud one, would have just gotten into Jerusalem and he would have started shouting in the middle of uh, the temple courts that Jesus was raised. And, uh, well, probably a few of the brave ones would have come with him. Maybe some of the others would have stayed behind. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and he started to share the gospel. What would have happened? I, I think maybe three people would have gotten saved. I think maybe three people would have heard the gospel and uh, they would have joined the church at that moment. There would have been no miracles. There would be no persecution, there would be no power, and uh, Jerusalem would have been untouched by large, um, let alone Judea or Samaria, not even talking about the ends of the earth. Now, maybe by the end of the first year, they they could have had six converts to come and join them in the upper room, and they probably would have gotten themselves busy with activities and services and prayer meetings and rotas and they would have just gone on with life. They, they probably would have had to start some pastoral ministries because people live disempowered lives. They, they didn't quite know how to live this gospel. They, they, they probably would have needed to get some committees in place to make sure that things were run well. And and Peter probably would have done some lurking to ask people to come and join him on his next evangelistic mission to the city center to go and bring the gospel and, 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 and speak the words. They probably would have needed some mailing list to come and rally people to prayer because people would have gotten busy with their lives and kind of given up on the power of prayer. Doesn't that sound a little bit like the church today? Isn't that provoking? Do we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst? Is it breaking out in healings and miracles and power? Do we see the power? that the Holy Spirit gives in the same way that the people did at Pentecost? Do we see people come into faith by hundreds and thousands? I don't think so. I think we are missing something in our day, the power of the Holy Spirit. Have we gotten busy with the stuff of the kingdom without the power of the kingdom? Have we started to enjoy pressing some buttons of of dog heads and, and keys with no sounds coming out and just telling us, well, that's all there is? Have we maybe start making a few sounds, dog sounds, to try and enact uh, those noises? Well, there's no power coming from it. Maybe we can add a bit of power to it. My friends, that is not what the church is supposed to be. Do we smell something's off? What What would Paul say if he visits? Would he be smelling something off? Would he be saying, guys, when you got saved, were you filled with the Holy Spirit? Where's your power? What's happening? I can't see it. I think Paul would have had a few words to say to us. I think there's a few things that we must ask ourselves. Have we received the power? Now, in this COVID season, I've been incredibly convicted. It's been like we've been stopped in our tracks, dead stopped in our tracks. All our activities have been cancelled. All our meetings have been stopped. All our initiatives have been stopped. We were right in the middle of of an outward focused term and and, and it just got a big red dash through it. What do we do? Do we just try to find more things to get busy with? Or is this perhaps Jesus speaking to us in this season saying, you must stop. You must wait for the power from heaven to come and clothe you. My friends, the answer to the church is not another evangelistic meeting. It's not another committee. It's not another group. It's not another meeting. It's believers being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, living out the gospel in everyday life. And um, over this last few weeks, I've been very convicted by the words in Ephesians 5, verse 18, where it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this tense is an ongoing tense, an ongoing tense of being filled and uh, it means that we have got something that we need to see God for it's not something that happens automatic it's something that we need to draw close to God for and say God come and fill me I've done some honest assessments of my life and I've, I've gotten really busy I've done so many things we've done so many great things at life to achieve, and none of this is wrong but is it bearing fruit my friends do we see people getting saved do we see people being set free and healed and living powerful lives? I think it's nowhere near the picture that the New Testament is portraying. And we can't just go around patting ourselves on the back saying, we're doing great. We've, we've had another good year. We've done this activity. We've done that activity when the power of the Holy Spirit is missing. We need to stop and see God over this. Last few weeks, I've just spent time in the morning just to see God and repenting from all the busyness and activities. Without waiting on the power of the Holy Spirit to fill me, I don't know how it is for you, but um, I want to. I want to see God with greater intention. I want to have His power in my life with greater intention. I want to take this season not to do more, but to spend time to listen to Him and wait and say, Father, forgive me for my busyness. Forgive me for my activities. I've been living a powerless life I want power from on high to fill me and you are the only one who can do so Um, and over these last few weeks I've been just in my quiet I'm laying on the floor just in humility before God saying God I'm powerless I'm like the dust of the earth there's nothing in my hands that can do what you want to do the disciples in the early times had nothing that Jesus needed to do what was needed but the Holy Spirit gave them all that was needed. And my question is for you. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for more? When was the last time that you cried out in your living room all by yourself for God to fill you with more? When was the last time that you missed a meal because you were so hungry for God that you started to pray and fast for more of God? When was the last time that you fell before God and say, forgive me for all my busyness. I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. I will not go further without you. We can read a story in the Old Testament about Moses. Moses goes up the mountain and the people uh, move away from God. They build a golden calf. And at that moment, um, uh, Moses comes down and, uh, and he is just devastated. The people have moved on without God. And, and God says, well, you, Moses, take these people to the promised land. Uh, take an angel with you. I'm going to fulfill all my promises, but I cannot be with you because, like, if my glory breaks out, guys, you're not going to survive. And, uh, and Moses falls on his face before God and says, no. We shall not move on without you. Well, let me ask you that question. If we were to have next year Life Church, um, COVID will be over by Monday. We would have a new church building by Tuesday, and we will see 52 people getting saved over the coming year every week, but we will not have God's power in our midst. Would we be happy? Would we be satisfied if everything that we ever longed for came true, but we did not have the presence of God in our lives? where we did not experience his power on a day-to-day basis as we sought him in our private lives. Would you be happy? Would you be pleased? Would you be happy to coast along? My friends, isn't that many of us now? Isn't that many of us, many days where we just go on without the power of God rather than waiting on him? And Moses says, no, God, we will have none of your promises. We will have none of your fruit if it doesn't mean that we are with you. We want your presence to be with us. What else will mark us than the presence of God upon us as a people of God? When people come into the doors, are they going to be overwhelmed by the, by the great quality of coffee, by the, by the wonderful music, by the lovely rose and perfect Zoom meetings? Or are they going to be impacted by the power of God at work in the lives of every believer? What will they be filled with? With awe and wonder because miracles and powers and transitions are breaking out? Or just thinking, well, that's a nice bunch of people. My friends, if we want to leave a mark in Peterborough, in the UK, in this world, then we must be people who are filled with the power of God. Um, I was very convicted over the last few weeks reading this wonderful book called Revival by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And he says, Christian people, I am asking you, I am not asking you whether you are living a good life. I am not asking you whether you are happy. I'm not asking you whether you read your Bible or whether you pray. I'm not asking whether you are active in your church work or some other form of Christian activity. What I am asking you is this. Do you know God? Is he with you? Is he in your life? Is he in the camp? Or are you traveling on with God, as it were, somewhere in the distance. Well, my friends, let it not be said of us at Life Church that we've gotten busy with activities and that we're carrying on without the presence of God. Let us cry out in this season for the power of God to fill us, for the Holy Spirit to fill us, to empower us, to see the things that the early church saw. My friends, it's the same God. It's the same Holy Spirit and he can do the same things in us today as he did 2000 years ago. There is still a city that needs to be changed. Jerusalem and Peterborough, there's still a nation that needs to be changed. Israel and the UK, there's still a global world that needs to be reached with the gospel. My friends, we need the power of God to come and fill us, to be people who will see that happen. Uh, And I want to spend some time just to encourage you, my friends, see God in this season. When no one's watching, when there's no busyness, no activities, what do you fill your days with? Another episode, something to distract you. Why are you spending time before God saying, God, I need you. Will you fill me afresh? I cannot go on without your power at work in my life. As I've been contemplating on where to lead us after this, I I, I felt God prompting me. Uh, We could could do a a prayer now, and, and I can ask you, um, to open your hands and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But um, Jesus, when he rose to heaven, didn't do that with his disciples. He didn't lay on his hands and say, he, say, he says, go and wait on me and seek me for my Holy Spirit. And I, I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray in a moment for us. But uh, I, I'm going to encourage you to go into your living rooms, into your bedrooms, into your studies and see God this week to ask him to fill you with power. Because before we sought him, before we've turned around, before we've let our hearts be drawn near to him, it's no point in just a quick fix. This is a lifestyle. This is not just a, a couple of batteries into a new toy. This is the Holy Spirit taking over the lead of your life and empowering you. But it, it comes to that point for us to surrender to him. So I'm going to pray that I'm going to encourage you, my friends in this season, see God when my one's watching. Cry out to him to fill you with power. Seek him with all your might and he will come and he will fill you because he loves you. He loves the church and he loves all of us and he has a great work for us and he wants you to live an empowered life. But he wants you to seek him first, to seek him with all your heart. Jesus, I want to ask your forgiveness for the many times, Lord. I've just gotten busy. I've just gotten on with things, Lord rather than waiting on you and i ask your forgiveness for that lord i pray that you will come and that you fill us afresh with the power of your holy spirit but lord first of all will you turn our hearts towards you with all attention lord to seek you when no one's watching when no one's listening lord to find you Lord, in the confinement of our own homes, Lord, let our hearts draw near to you. Let us seek you, Lord, Father. We do not want to go on, Lord, without your power. We need you, Lord. We need you. Without you, we are nothing, Lord, but a nice charity. Lord, we don't want to be like that. Lord, we want to be your people, Lord, that will bring power transformation, Lord, to the city and to this nation and to this earth. Lord, we pray that you will awaken our hearts, Have mercy with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.